This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two, Sports Daily on a Wednesday, our first full fall week. We are jam-packed this week on the all-new Sports Daily with all Brockton Caster. Excited about it. We've got guests coming for you every day. We're going to be following closely K-State, KU, uh, Chiefs, all kinds of good stuff. Betting now as it's legal in Kansas. We are going to have a blast this fall as we... Turn the page into the 2022 season. Here we go. We're a weekend in college. We're a weekend in high school. We're getting ready for our first week of the NFL. It's going to be a lot of fun. Coming up in our next segment, we'll get another Odyssey betting insider to come on and talk some player props. Anything this week that he really is enjoying, we'll do that uh, and, and get a little perspective on that. I also want to ask him because, you know, the Kansas line has moved. The Chiefs line has moved significantly uh, we've seen the K-State line move up and down a little bit. And I wonder if that has anything to do with Kansas uh, residents getting their first opportunity to, to do these things. We'll ask him about that as well as other things. We started the show talking about the FKU chant that goes on at K-State athletics events. Uh, administration's been trying to stop it forever. They're not going to stop it. The students have fun with it. Um, you know, they they kind of take Sandstorm away. So now students are doing it during Wabash Cannonball. And now there's a rumor, according to KSNT and Topeka, that you know the band's being told if that happens again, they're going to pull Wabash Cannonball. Now you're going to make the alumni mad. I think the alumni sort of said, ah, kids will be kids for a long time. This will make the alumni mad. And I don't know who they'll be mad at, whether they'll be mad at the students or whether they'll be mad at administration for potentially pulling it. But that topic is out there. Now we want to hear from you about it, 869-1240. Uh, as we were shifting gears and doing a few different things in that first hour. But we do want your thoughts on it, so call us and uh, and let us know. Something else I think that's an interesting story today, Tommy, is we see the Bears look like they're closing in sort of on a, you know, on a suburban stadium that likely would be enclosed, moving away from Soldier Field, which is, uh, you know, firmly in the heart of Chicago. I, I never knew Soldier Field if I have it right, is one of the smaller stadiums in the NFL, which is one problem. But, man, I get it. I, I As much as I love Soldier Field, I get it. It's I, I cannot imagine spending that much money anymore to go sit and freeze my tail off and be miserable, right? Like, I get why these NFL teams are trying to trend this direction. And I know old-school football fans will not agree with me and will hate that and love that weather impacts the games – I don't love that weather impacts the games that much. Um, it just, I, I want to see the best brand and the best product on the field that I can possibly see all the time. And most of the time, as, you know, lame as it sounds, doing it with a roof over your head might be the best way to do it. I don't mind this change at all. Um, I would have a problem if the same conversation happened in Green Bay. Like, there's a difference yep. between Lambeau and Soldier. Soldier's just, 
an old kind of crappy stadium. Like it's got history for sure. I don't want to discount its history, but come on. I think, I think it's time to, to move away uh, from that stadium. I think it's time for something state of the art. And that's what the, the bears are looking at doing. Um, I think they're calling it a best in class dome is what they want to try to put up. I'd have, I'd have a problem if a similar conversation started to happen in green Bay, because there's something about playing in Lambeau in December and in January that I do think, yeah, it might impact the game. You might have several inches of snow on the, on the ground. You might have negative temperatures, but that's part of the allure of Lambeau and part of the allure of being a green Bay Packer and a fan of that team or an opponent going into play green Bay late in the season. It's not the same with Chicago and it's not the same with soldier field. So I have no issue whatsoever with the bears wanting to upgrade their facilities. I think it's the right move, the right play. Uh, and you know, hopefully it comes to fruition. Well, and we've seen other, so, you know, Lambeau's not obviously putting a roof on. They're never going to do anything like that. And they're not really in the dynamic to build new stadium anyway. Uh, but Minnesota continues to play with a roof over their head as they always yep. have. Basically, they've just built a new, really cool looking stadium that has a roof. Um, Buffalo, I believe, is trying to build, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, they're trying to build without a roof. So Buffalo wants to hang on. And Buffalo, quite frankly, Buffalo and Green Bay would be the two places um, where I wouldn't want to see a roof. New York doesn't have a roof. Uh, and they're new, you know, new-ish. They built in the last decade or so at uh, MetLife. Most of these stadiums, though, are going that direction. For Chicago to want to, I don't mind it. Here's the other thing that's interesting about Chicago, and and I don't know if I'm overthinking. One, Soldier Field is, in fact, the smallest stadium in the NFL at 61,000 seats. It's, you know, 20,000 seats behind MetLife, which doesn't make a lot of sense because of the size of Chicago. You'd, you'd think they'd want to cram in as many seats as they could. But Chicago is in a state that has sports betting, Illinois. The league is is ten, trending itself and really embracing sports betting, just like the NBA did. Like they want that to be a part of the experience because they know that's why. And a part it's not why, but it's a big part of why the NFL is the number one league because it's by most accounts the most fun sport in the league to bet. At least you know that's the vibe I get. And this is all, look, it's all the part of it. The NFL sees an opportunity there. Illinois is a state that allows it. Well, if you're going to set up kiosks and have that be a part of the experience, a roof over the head makes sense there too. But for me, it's as simple as keeping your fans happy. And yeah, there are a lot of people that don't mind going and braving that weather as a part of the experience, but I think there are a lot more fans that would rather not deal with it, I think. Um, so I don't, I don't see it as a big problem, and I don't think quite. And the other problem with it is logistics of a downtown stadium. You got to have places to park. You got to deal with all that stuff. I've talked to people that live in Chicago, and they're like, "Yeah, get it out of. It'd be fine if they move Soldier Field. It's a pain in the butt." I get it. Arrowhead is why we bring this up, and Arrowhead to me is one of the coolest venues. It's loud. It's everything about it's cool except where it's located. You know, Arrowhead is a weather stadium where people don't mind the weather. Not to the same degree as Green Bay, obviously, but there are plenty of games up in Kansas City where it's brutal. I don't know if they'd ever put a roof on a stadium for the Chiefs. But I do know, I think that, I think playing somewhere else is inevitable. 
I think it's going to happen eventually. We saw the Chiefs. That, usually, te- why would a team even rumor this if they didn't have every intention of going? They rumored it because they want to see who gives them the best offer to build a new stadium. I mean, it's that simple, right? That's why you heard the Chiefs brass talking about potentially coming over to the Kansas side, which is why you saw the Kansas government put it in high gear to get sports betting before Missouri. Like, all these things go hand in hand. Do you think Chiefs fans and the and you know would ever be vehemently opposed to coming over to Kansas? And I know it seems like it's a remote possibility, but it's a possibility. Coming over to Kansas, being on the Kansas side, maybe there's a way to replicate Arrowhead. I don't know, but Arrowhead is such a big piece of Chiefs Kingdom. Would it be that big a deal ultimately if the Chiefs played somewhere else? Well, look, you have to go back to about 15 years ago, 2007, 2008. There was actually a measure on the ballot uh, in Missouri, uh, in the Kansas City area, for a sales tax increase to renovate Arrowhead and Kaufman. And part of the measure included a rolling roof between both Kaufman and Arrowhead. Now, some of the renovations happened, some of the, the sales tax increases happened, but it was there was a separate vote on the rolling roof, and that failed. That particular vote failed. Now, that was 15 years ago, 2007, 2008. So you look back then, and Kansas City, Missouri voters ultimately turned that, turned that down. So I think that you know, if, if that history were to be brought up again, It'd be hard to, I think it would be hard to say that it would pass this time around. Um, now, maybe it would, maybe with, you know, the, the increased importance of sports betting. And, you know, at, at that time, I don't think there was any conversation about, is no. there somewhere else that Arrowhead can move? Can they move to the Kansas side? That probably was not under consideration at all. Nowadays, in 2022, if there is that conversation, maybe voters would be a little bit more apt to increase some kind of sales tax increase to add a roof to Arrowhead and Kaufman and have it roll between the two. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to come down to what sort of options are on the table away from Arrowhead that would get the people in, on the Missouri side to be motivated enough to try to keep the Chiefs there. It's, it's I mean, I, I think the Chiefs are moving. I think that part of the equation has been decided a long time ago. I don't think they're going to be where they are now. Mm, I don't know how long it takes, so I'm not going to guess a time frame. So assuming they'll move, because the Royals certainly appear like they're moving, and there's just nothing out there at the Truman Sports Complex. It is not the modern professional sports experience at all. The best thing about it is you got plenty of room to tailgate, right? So I, I always wonder, what is the possibility that Kansas could lure them over. What would it take? What kind of offer and opportunity for the Chiefs would it take for the state of Kansas to get the Chiefs to come over? Kansas already showed it's willing to play ball. It passed sports betting in record time. Why? And I said this then, and some people thought I was crazy, but I think I'm spot on with it because the Chiefs said they thought they'd come over. We know now the NFL wants wagering, Kansas saw that, heard that, and was like, we got to get wagering. It gives us a major advantage if they do want to move. That's why they move so fast. I firmly believe that still, that that's why that got pushed through so fast, is because the possibility of the Chiefs exists. 
if the possibility of the Chiefs exists. We see these modern stadiums, they're going to be probably somewhere between one, two billion dollars to get it built. If you've seen some of the surrounding areas and in, in the components to these um, in other other parts of the world and country of like the entire massive complexes that come with these NFL stadiums now and pro sports stadiums, I, I just I think it's possible and if it's possible and you're we're we're both Kansans, like what are we willing and comfortable giving up to get them. This is really interesting. We just saw the Chargers move because San Diego refused to build them a new stadium. They drew that line in the sand politically and said, we're not going to build you a stadium, build your own stadium. Chargers left. The Chiefs aren't going to come over and build their own stadium, I wouldn't think. It's going to take the state of Kansas chipping in a large, large part of that. I don't know if there's you know, sales tax things that can be done right there at the facility to pay for that or how it would get paid for. But when you consider the landscape of the state of Kansas, Kansas doesn't have anything like this. We have the racetrack, right, and and Sporting KC. But at the magnitude of an NFL franchise, what would you be willing to say yes to if you were a decision maker? And quite frankly, we're voters, so it does matter to us. What would we be willing to say yes to to get the Chiefs to cross the border? Well, I think that you've, you've got to look at what the potential revenue on the table is going to be, you know, for that. Like, what's the return on that investment, uh, you know, to be willing to make that sort of decision? And I think for, I mean, you hit the nail on the head a moment ago. For anybody that says, well, there's no way that the state of Kansas would be able to put together something to build a, an NFL stadium, I would direct your attention to Children's Mercy Park. I would direct your attention to Kansas Speedway right across the state line. Kansas is, is starting to do that in that part of the, the Kansas City metro. I don't think it's impossible. Is it improbable? Maybe right now, but I certainly wouldn't say it's impossible. I, I think that usually I, I would throw the bird to a billionaire saying, build me a billion-dollar stadium. I'm not so sure that the investment wouldn't be able to pay itself off for a state like Kansas, that it would become one of the great revenue generators of the state. And quite frankly, one of the highlights and things that you put front and center on everything when you're trying to draw people in. I I, I think about this a lot. Would I be willing to back a publicly funded stadium in this scenario? Because normally I'm not. I, I don't know. It, it, you know, there is value in it. And that's that's going to be an interesting conversation if it continues. And and the first step was taken in sports wagering, in my opinion. So we'll see. It's something to watch. So we see Chicago making the move. If Chicago can move out of Soldier Field, Chiefs could certainly move out of Arrowhead. Don't put it past them. And I think it's coming at some point. The stadium was built in 1972. I mean, that's, that's an old NFL stadium. It's not going to last forever. All right, we'll continue the conversation. We're going to come back. We'll talk with one of our Odyssey betting insiders when we return. We'll talk some futures betting, anything this weekend that just jumps off the page. We'll do it as Sports Daily continues next.
Sports Daily is on KFH. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Jacob, J-A-C-O-B, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use toward dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today. To get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Kansas only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back to Sports Daily, everybody. Uh, On the line with us now, the host of BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey sports betting insider Ryan Horvat. Insider Calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest today on the BetMGM app. Be sure to listen to the BetMGM Tonight podcast for more of Ryan Horvat and Horvat analysis. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. Ryan, welcome in for the first time here on Sports Daily. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited because, uh, you know, we're officially underway with the college football season going down uh, two full weeks in. Well, I guess technically one week. We had week zero, but, uh, you know, you know how that goes. And so now we uh, yeah. we finally have week one coming up, man. So I'm excited for this Rams-Bills game, and I'm excited for you guys that you got BetMGM live because, as you said there, you can download the app, start placing your bets today, and it's right in time for football season. It's great because I remember when I first started betting, especially on football, you know, college football win totals and futures, we would have to make this big trip to Las Vegas, which I still enjoy doing, but it's gotten a little bit tougher to do because I have an 8-year-old son and my wife doesn't love me leaving for a full week right before the season when she knows uh, she's not going to see me a whole lot during football season. So now it's great, man, because I just pull up the app and I'm able to place the best right from my couch. It's great. Why won't our wives support our work trips to Vegas? I'll never understand it either. Uh, Ryan, we're we're bringing you in here today to talk about some player props. We're, we're breaking this up into different pieces throughout the week here of our, you know, we're, we're well, now about six days into sports wagering in Kansas. We'll do that, and then we'll get some of your favorite bets in general for the college and NFL seasons this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my favorite player prop. You tell me if I'm crazy and then uh, sort of explain to people what these are and, and what some of your favorites are. I love Michael Pittman over 1,024.5 yards. That's what it is at BetMGM. I love that over. Matt Ryan peppers his number one guy. I think Pittman's getting over that number. Oh, absolutely. So I'm all in on the Colts this year, and I really like Pittman. He's obviously the number one wide receiver there. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a monster season, but I kind of stay away from the player props involving running backs just because the league has changed so much. And like you said, like player props, I actually prefer sometimes betting player props rather than game lines, game totals, because we see so much crazy stuff happen, especially in the NFL season. Backdoor covers, um, you know, sometimes you think it's going to be a low-scoring game and you have a blocked punt for a touchdown. Crazy stuff goes down. So I like the player prop because it's easier, and especially the season-long ones like you just mentioned, because I think Pittman's going to have a monster year. I really like that. I like his receiving touchdowns over. I don't think you're crazy at all. 
both of my co-hosts, um, they're really in on the Titans again this year, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Obviously, Derrick Henry's coming off an injury-filled season. They lose A.J. Brown. They lose Julio Jones, even though you know he's not really the Julio Jones from a couple of years ago. Still, uh, they lost a lot, and I like Mike Vrabel, but I don't fully trust him after that playoff loss against Cincinnati. So I'm all in on the Colts with you. I think Pittman's going to have a monster year. And again, the player props are great because maybe you know who's going to win the game. Like tomorrow night's a great example. We get the Rams and the Bills. Rams are the Super Bowl, the defending Super Bowl champions, and yet they're two and a half point underdogs at home. Everybody's buying into the Bills. It just it seems kind of like a trap line a little bit. So I like the player props. I'll throw one really quickly that I love. AJ Dillon over five and a half rushing touchdowns. Now I guess technically he's considered the backup running back to um, Aaron Jones and Green Bay. But if you look at it, they're going to I mean, the wide receiver room is a little bit of a mess in Green Bay right now because they lose Devontae Adams, they trade him away to the Raiders, and they don't really bring anybody else in. They brought in Sammy Watkins, but he hasn't played a full season since his rookie year nearly a decade ago. Alan Lazard is a very solid number three receiver. A.J. Dillon's going to get used a lot as a pass catcher. I think the knock on him coming out of Boston College was he didn't have the best hands, but it's just not a passing offense. And so I, I do think that he's going to get the touches this year, but I do think he's going to be the goal line back. Aaron Jones is going to be used more as a wide receiver with Devontae gone. We saw that last year, you know, the last couple of years where Devontae has been out. So my favorite season long prop would probably be AJ Dillon over five and a half rushing touchdowns. And more that I really like Trevor Lawrence under 13 and a half interceptions. I don't know if the Jags are going to go over their win total. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they're going to be much improved with Doug Peterson taking over as head coach. Urban Meyer was obviously an absolute nightmare there. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to put together a really nice season. He's going to protect the football. They're going to be able to run the ball a little bit, uh, especially with Travis Etienne back fully healthy. And hopefully they get James Robinson back here soon. So I really like those two. And uh, I love the props, man. Hey, Ryan, staying with quarterbacks, but coming a little bit closer to home with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, I feel like the the jury is still out a little bit, at least on the, the betting lines, as far as his player props are concerned with passing yards, passing touchdowns, that sort of thing. Where do you land on where Patrick Mahomes is? Are you staying away from him entirely on some player props or what, what are you looking for out of him? So I think Patrick Mahomes is live to win the MVP. And I, I mean, I really like all of his player props, to be quite honest. And I also really like the Chiefs to win the division. I know that's the toughest division probably in NFL history. People want to buy into the Raiders because they didn't make the flashy move this offseason, bringing in Devontae. I know Russell Wilson's now the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos, but that's the only team in the NFL where they bring in a new quarterback and then a completely different coaching staff. And then we think the Chargers are going to be that 11-12 win team, but Justin Herbert's never even made the playoffs. So I'm all in on the Chiefs, and I'm all in on Patrick Mahomes. I just got done talking about this about an hour ago. I feel like this is the year we could kind of buy low because the season-long props have been ridiculous, and rightfully so. I mean, look at the second, the first year, you know, he's the full starter there. The numbers he put up were crazy. And I think people are overreacting a little bit to the Tyree kill loss. He's a great weapon, don't get me wrong. He's one of the best deep threats in all of football. But it's a little bit different than the situation in Green Bay. Green Bay loses Devontae Adams, and they don't bring anybody else in. I actually like the moves that the Chiefs made. I like MVS when he stays healthy and he actually hangs on to the football. I know he's got a little bit of a knock because people look at the drops, but he, he could take the top off of the defense. And even when he's not producing, putting up huge numbers, you have to game plan for him because he is such a deep threat. So I like MVS. I like Juju Smith-Schuster when he's fully healthy. And Travis Kelsey's still the best tight end, tight end in the league. And Andy Reid's still one of the best play callers in, in the NFL. So 
I'm all in on Mahomes. I went over on his touchdown passes. Any number that's available that you could find at BetMGM, you know, I, I would probably take the over. I like the over on his passing yards. And I think he's live to win the MVP. I really do. I think the Chiefs are still an 11-12 win team at worst. And I think they're going to surprise some people that think they're going to you know, fall off this cliff this year. I don't think anybody around here, Ryan, thinks that they are. And we're speaking with Odyssey sports betting insider Ryan Horvat here. It, nobody around here thinks they're going to fall off. Obviously, we're right in the middle of Chiefs kingdom. And I wonder, as Kansas goes live with sports betting for the first time and everybody's excited about it, we have seen a lot of movement with Chiefs lines, Kansas Jayhawk lines, and Kansas State Wildcat lines. The Chiefs are up to six points now. That was as low as three. Yeah. Is the state of Kansas responsible for all this movement, and why are we seeing this? So that is a great question right there because I jumped on the Chiefs right away four and a half, and I was like, oh, I don't love the number because I'm always looking for key numbers when I bet. You know, this is why I like the season props because sometimes – you want to bet on a team, and you don't want to go money line, just them to win because it's such a high risk. You'll have to lay $200 usually to win 100 on some of these bigger favorites. I usually, if I'm going to play a favorite, I want to find somebody around two and a half, three points, because then if they kick the game-winning field goal, you at least get a push, so you get your money back. Four and a half wasn't a number that I was really looking to play, but I thought it was a little bit of a discounted price because I think that they do win this game by a touchdown. But I looked this morning, and it's went all the way up to six. So usually when you see line movement like that, You'll see uh, the professional sports bettors, and it used to be, you know, mainly Las Vegas and in New Jersey because that's where sports betting was legal. They would go to the sports book. They would go to the counter with a briefcase, uh, briefcase filled with cash, and they would make a big bet. And then, you know, the guys that are making the lines, the odds makers, would have to shift the lines and go up a little bit because such big bets were coming in. Now that's changed a little bit. So I think that might have something to do with it. You know, there's also there's different things that happen here, like. Like, take the Detroit Lions, for example. A lot of people are buying into the Detroit Lions. Their win total has actually went up a full win. You know, you see some of their spreads going down a little bit. They're not going to be favored in many games, but they're getting a lot of love because they were the hard knocks team and because BetMGM and the sportsbooks, they're all live right now in Detroit. So everybody's running, betting money on their team. Another great example, the New York teams. The Jets and the Giants are both getting a lot of professional and sharp love right now and just the regular people that are able to bet legally now in New York. They don't have to go to Las Vegas, so they're able to just jump on the app. So I think that is a reason that you're seeing a little bit of a line movement. Also, I know that the Kansas City Chiefs coming up against Arizona, they're just a huge, sharp side. You know a lot of professional sports bettors that really, really like the Chiefs coming up week one. So I think that's why that line continues to go up. If you want to play it, I might recommend playing it right now because I won't be shocked if we get the kickoff. And that's a full touchdown. So I would rather jump on the six because then if they win, obviously, by seven points, you win your bet. Ryan, you mentioned the the opening game with Kansas City. Uh, also, you mentioned the, the home underdogs, the Rams tomorrow night, week one, the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, what other NFL games are you looking at in week one where you like the line, you like the, the spread on that? Uh, what else are you taking in week one? Yeah, week one is always really, really tough. We some we see some fluky stuff go down week one. Take last year, for example, you know, the Green Bay Packers closed as only two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Saints, and the Saints, it looked like they were going to go through a full rebuild. You know, Jameis Winston was the starting quarterback. You know, weird, it, it, a lot of weird stuff went down. You know, that game was played in Jacksonville and Florida, not in New Orleans. So the Packers ended up getting blown out, and Aaron Rodgers looked really, really bad. We see fluky stuff like that happen all the time. 
you know, week one to kick off the season. So I actually like to take a shot with some underdogs where I'm getting really good value. Now, some of these spreads have changed a little bit, but I really liked the Texans when that opened up, even though I'm really high on the Colts. The Colts are on the road. That game's in Houston, and it was an eight-point spread. In the NFL, we don't see a whole lot of blowouts. It's not like college football. Like every Saturday, I feel like I'm getting hyped up for a big game in the Big Ten, and then it's 52-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. But in the NFL, you know, there's a lot of parity, and there's a lot of talent, obviously. The Texans aren't going to be a great football team, but I think Davis Mills is a decent quarterback, and they have some veterans that are still going out there looking to play for their paycheck or maybe even get moved at the deadline like Brandon Cooks. So I took the Texans plus eight at home against the Colts. I see that's down to seven and a half. I still like it right there. I do like the Giants, actually, this weekend, and that's come down a little bit as well. It was six and a half. They're down to uh, six-point road dogs against the Titans. I'm not high on the Titans this year, you guys. I went under on their win total. It was nine and a half. I don't think they're a 10-win team this season. I I don't know what we're going to get from Derrick Henry. He should be fine, but he was injured all of last year pretty much. A.J. Brown's gone. I'm not high on them. So I really like the two dogs, the Texans and the Giants. Uh, I did play the Chiefs. Uh, Like you said, that's all the way up to six right now, and I still really like Kansas City. And then one more that I really like, um, I like the Carolina Panthers at home. Uh, I I do think that Baker Mayfield's going to get his revenge against the Browns. I think the Browns will probably be fine without Deshaun Watson. I'm a little higher on the Ravens in that division. But I think Carolina is going to pull off, I'd love to say, the minor upset, but they're actually favored in the game by one and a half points. And then the last thing I could throw at you guys, I like playing teasers, six-point teasers, where you could take two teams – you know, and you kind of tease them up or tease them down. And you do it, like, with six points, obviously. I think we just lost Ryan, so we'll get uh, we'll get some info on his teasers uh, at, at another point. A lot of those bets, Tommy, that he mentioned right there at the end, I like, too. Carolina's interesting. Carolina's number went down. Uh, they were at one point two and a half. Now they're down to one and a half, which means money's going to Cleveland. I, I, I'm pretty surprised by that. I thought all the public money would go to Carolina for an emotional standpoint, but I, I like that one too um, of, of the things he was talking about there. Um, there's so much. God, the, the, these NFL, this NFL opening week, Tommy, it, it's going to be an explosion. All right, Ryan, uh, it, you, were, you were just on that teaser and we lost you there for a second. So explain that teaser. Yeah, guys, so sorry about that. I don't know what the heck happened. It's my landline, too. Uh, so I really like teasing up the Minnesota Vikings from plus two. That's where it's at right now to plus eight. So those be eight-point home underdogs against the Green Bay Packers. I'm actually – I'm a Packer fan. I, I'm a little worried about this season. I think if there's ever a time to fade Aaron Rodgers and buy in on another team, it might be this year because the Vikings are plus 200 around to win the NFC North. I think they're live to win this game week one. It's in Minnesota. They fixed up the defensive side of the ball, bringing in Zadarius Smith from Green Bay in that pass rush. I think the problem the last couple of years for Minnesota actually has been Mike Zimmer. Now he's gone. You bring in an offensive-minded head coach. You know, you have Justin Jefferson and the healthy Adam Thielen. And Kirk Cousins, I know everybody kind of rags on Kirk Cousins. Statistically, he's been one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league the last couple of years. So I like teasing the Vikings to plus eight. And then the San Francisco 49ers from seven-point road favorites to just one-point road favorites against the Chicago Bears. The Bears may cover, but the Bears are going to be, and I mean this nice, a dumpster fire this season. I do like Justin Fields. I don't know about Matt Eberflus, the head coach. And they, they lost so much on the defensive side of the ball. They lost to Keem Hicks. They lost Khalil Mack. I think they're going to struggle this year. So my favorite teaser would be teasing the Vikings to plus eight and the Bears down to just a pick, minus one. All they have to do, or I'm sorry, the uh, 49ers against the Bears. And then all they have to do is win the game. 
interesting one. I'm going to give you one before we let you go. You tell me if I'm crazy. You said you don't like the Titans. I, I've looked at, and I don't know how much you play over-unders. I hate unders. They're worthless because they're not fun to root for. But I like yeah. over 43.5 in that game. Tennessee lost its best defensive player, maybe. Uh, the Giants are healthy offensively. I, I kind of like that over quite a bit. Maybe one of my favorite bets of the week. What do you think about that one? Yeah, same here. And I do play some unders. Like, I know, for example, Sunday night football, Cowboys, Buccaneers, it's a high total. It's 51. I know I'll be going under in that game because the public, everybody's going to be watching the primetime game rooting for points. But I'm with you. I do think we're going to get points in this Tennessee game. I, again, I, I do think I, I'm not fully sold on Ryan Tannehill without all those weapons. Like, we saw how bad he was in that playoff loss to Cincinnati, right? But. I do think they're still going to be able to put up points. And I think the Giants, I don't know if Daniel Jones is their starting quarterback next year, but I think he's going to put together his best season as a pro. I do think Saquon will stay healthy, and they're going to be able to score points. I like Brian Dable a lot coming over from Buffalo to take over the head coaching position. Look, Daniel Jones, if you look at, weirdly, if you look at his home and road splits, this is really interesting. On the road, he looks like a very serviceable NFL quarterback. For some reason, in New York, he, the numbers just fall off a cliff. But I do think we're going to get some points in that game. So I'm with you. I, I like the over a lot. All right. We appreciate it. Uh, Ryan Horvat, you can catch him on the BetMGM Tonight podcast. Just search BetMGM wherever you find your podcast. Uh, that was the host of BetMGM Tonight, Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Ryan Horvat. Insider Calls presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. Appreciate it, Ryan. We're just getting live in the state of Kansas and going nuts. Thanks for the insight there on all kinds of different stuff with the NFL. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Uh, All right, let's go and give away our other tickets here. So we've got a pair of tickets, one more pair, um, to the Hoops for Literacy event. This is at Wichita State Coke Arena. It'll be this Saturday at 7 o'clock, Hoops for Literacy. It's a basketball game featuring Harlem Globetrotters, past and present, semi-pro players, former Shockers, former NBA players, community leaders, and the big one, Shaquille O'Neal. He'll be there. There's a signed Shaq jersey uh, as a prize to this. There's a high school dunk contest. This should be a lot of fun at Wichita State. On Saturday at 7 o'clock, we're going to give away a pair of tickets. Jad will handle that winner during the break here. Let's go caller number three. Tommy and I will come back. We'll dive back in on Sports Daily. to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Glad to be with you on this Wednesday edition, one day away from the NFL season. Can you even believe it? Here we go. So excited. Cannot wait. Cannot wait for this weekend of college football either. Uh, I, I think big, big opportunities for both Kansas State and Kansas to make statements sort of for very different reasons, uh, Tommy. I, I think, you know, Kansas, it's not crazy to think Kansas can win, but can Kansas lose and you still be happy with what happens in Morgantown? Is that is that on the table? Because Kansas State's got to win. I mean, we need to win for them to impress us and say something. But does that possibility exist if Kansas, even if they lose? 
Uh, You know, they lost by less than a touchdown last year in Lawrence. Uh, I've been to Morgantown, actually, for a West Virginia KU game a few years ago. That's a tough environment to play in. It's intimidating to play in, for sure. A lot of people don't talk about it. You know, they talk about other Big 12 facilities um, as being tough places to play, which they are. Uh, but the, the the stadium in Morgantown, it, it's right up there, too. So I think that as long as they have a respectable showing, I think if they if if they're able to if Kansas is able to whether they win or even lose by 10 points or less, as long as they're playing complete and you're able to see some progress on both sides of the ball and some competitiveness on both sides of the ball. I, yeah, I think you can walk away happy with that. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I think it's there. I, I do think the possibility exists, though. I just want the momentum to continue for Kansas. I, I, if they're really competitive in this game, I think it will continue to get people excited. What I what I can't decide with Kansas is if they're competitive in all their games, but they're two and five. Are Jayhawk fans still excited? At that point, or or is everybody tuning back out, which has happened so often? That's the piece of Kansas football in 2022 that I can't quite wrap my brain around is big picture. It's easy to be excited in the opener. It's easy to be excited when you win your opener in absolutely dominating fashion. It's even easy to be excited after you do that and go to Morgantown and maybe be competitive but lose. But if they can't get the win against Houston... Maybe they beat Duke, but then you lose another couple of games. Again, you're sitting there two and four, two and five, two and six. What what does it feel like then, even if they're playing those games competitively? That's the part I don't know about Kansas this year. Well, I think that, you know, the the absolute worst case scenario for Kansas is to go into Morgantown and absolutely get punched in the face. Like that's the worst case scenario. If they go out and they lose by 30 points, 40 points, whatever, and, you know, kind of reverting back to Kansas of old, that's the worst case scenario because all that momentum just goes away. And I think there is, there is a way to maintain that momentum, even by taking an L. Uh, And it's, it's the way that they look, it's the way that they match up. You know, it's, it's has, it's not been hard when you watch Kansas football for any length of time. I know that you have over the, over, over the years, it's not hard to tell when they're overmatched and they've been overmatched a lot. Like you can tell on the field pretty quickly and pretty easily when they're overmatched. So if they can go out against West Virginia, a big 12 foe and not look overmatched, that's a win in my book. Uh, and then of course you've got, you know, Houston, you've got Duke, you've got some other non-conference games coming up. It's just a matter of making sure that you're not going out and falling flat. And we've seen that year in and year out from Kansas where maybe they win their opener. There was a couple of years ago that they beat Boston College. I think it was the maybe the first year of less miles. They beat Boston College by like 29, 30 points. And then they went out and completely got punched in the mouth when they opened up Big 12 plays. So those things have happened in the past. They've got to make sure that that doesn't happen this week. Yeah, it's I just. Again, I, I, I don't know what the expectation for Kansas is this year. Obviously, we all like them to win more than two and a half games. It was the, one of the most popular bets I think that there was, which is why it was juiced so crazy. But is that enough late in the season in November to appease us as we evaluate the job in year two for Lance Leipold? That, and, and 
That's why I'm so excited about this game this weekend because I don't know at this point where I even want to put Kansas because they played Tennessee Tech. Yeah, they smoked them, but it was Tennessee Tech. And I, I, I hope that they give us a reason to think that they can stay competitive and win Big 12 games. We'll find out. That's one of the reasons why I legitimately, it's one of my favorite games of the weekend as far as just a strictly viewing, you know, perspective. Obviously, we care more about Kansas than the rest of the country, but I love it. And then for Kansas State, I I think this, you know, this is a chance to do what we expect them to do. It's a little bit different for me with Kansas State. They get the old, you know, rivalry with Missouri, but, you know, you almost hope that they get tested a little bit more so we can see Adrian Martinez as a passer. I do love Kansas State in this game. Um but it's because of what they did in week one is the reason I love them, right? Because of their defense and their ability to run the ball. At some point, we're going to have to see them throw the ball. You, you kind of hope they come out of this game needing to do that just a little bit because they didn't need to do it at all in week one. Yeah, I mentioned it uh, you know, I, like an hour ago about Missouri and really what their, their Achilles heel a season ago was their defense. And so if Kansas State can exploit that, assuming that Mizzou's Defense didn't get a whole lot better, and I, I don't know if they did or not. I mean, they they rolled pretty easily in their opening game a week ago. Um, I think they'll be tested a little bit more by K-State's running attack with Deuce Vaughn, without a doubt. And then you have to wonder, will Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman want to air it out a little bit more with Adrian Martinez? I, I think it's good to get those reps under his belt, uh, especially in another non-conference game, get him used to that. Uh, I, I think, you know, we might see a more balanced attack from Kansas State and maybe exploit what has been a weak Mizzou defense. We'll see. It's all coming. We're going to talk more about K-State tomorrow with our insider Tim Fitzgerald to GoPowerCat.com and get into the uh, the Wabash Cannonball controversy going on currently in Manhattan with Tim as well. He's a lifer at K-State. He'll have a strong opinion on that i can guarantee you so we'll do that tomorrow on the show we'll come up we'll wrap up we'll come back and wrap up this thursday all right sorry what day is it i want it to be nfl season it's wednesday <laughs> tomorrow's thursday i'm jacob albrock he's tommy castor jad chambers producing for us here we go we'll come back wrap things up right after this wow.